1: The past is history, the future mystery, this moment is the gift, every second.
2: Hi, hi, hi. I am so glad that you're here. We just love you so much. This is Dr. Sarah Larson, on miracle makers and have i got an extraordinary show for you how what it means to be alive and to be human today we're we've got in studio the two loves of my life my darling husband my amazing son Woo-hoo.
1: hello miracle makers
3: uh, hola como estás <laughs> <laughs>
2: ¡Hola! ¿Cómo estás? ¡Bien, bien! ¡Buenas
3: dichas!
2: we are so excited for what we have in store for you today miracle makers greg larson tyler larson my name is dr sarah larson sometimes i also go by reverend dr sarah larson and today i'm bringing that up because we have someone that i admire so much she is a reverend she is an author she is an extraordinary woman that has overcome so much in her life we have with us jenna davis uh and author of yoga mass Jenna, I wanted to bring you on as quickly as we possibly could because your story and what you have been through and the w- incredible work that you're doing in the world is so close to my heart, as, especially after hearing your story of what happened with you and your first husband, with your husband, the father, um, biological father of your child. There's so much I could share about you and there's so much we have for the miracle makers miracle makers we have so many tools for you today through jenna davis through the beautiful guys in studio with us and we want to make sure that you stay with us yoga mass jenna davis and all of the extraordinary um there's so much i could share jenna how do you introduce yourself
4: Hello, Dr. Sarah. Hello. Hello. I'm so grateful to be here with you and with Greg and your son, Tyler. Hello. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Hello. <laughs> it's so... so
4: great to be here. So, people ask me that, that all the time because I am a female priest and they're not used to that. And so, they say, Do I call you Father? And my um, <laughs> response is always, You can call me Jenna. Um, many people want to use a title. And so, they'll call me, you know, Reverend Jenna. You know, quite often. Um, but I also will answer to Jenna. I'm just fine with that. Some women priests like to be called mother, um, but hmm. I I haven't chosen that as something that I'm embodying. Um, I prefer just to be um, just to be Jenna and to be the type of person that acknowledges that I'm just trying to walk in the holy as much as I can. So Reverend Jenna's fine. Um, Call me Jenna. That's good too. Okay.
2: (laughs) Reverend Jenna, Jenna, um, for you to walk in step, to walk in the light, that's so beautiful and such a And um, I've heard that you were called at age 17. This is what you shared earlier this morning in the pre-interview. At age 17, you knew you had this calling. And it was a funny uh, way that you heard the calling at age 17. And then later on, through much of a difficult time in your life, you heard the calling again. Yes. and So I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit so quickly about your background growing up in this town and here, your steps to hearing the call twice.
4: Okay, I will be happy to share that. So most people would not want to admit that they had heard the call and rejected it. Um, but at age 17, I did hear the call. I, I grew up in a small town in South Texas and pretty much was just bored most of the time. You know, I studied and I was in band and, you know, I, I was, you know, fairly active in school, but Primarily, I was more active out of school when school was not in session. I, um, I had a pretty exciting um, nightlife. I loved to go to rock concerts and go out and dance and um, just be wild and crazy. And I loved that. And I, um, interestingly enough, I found that uh, there were some Sunday mornings that I just felt this calling to get up and go to church. And so I would go slip into the little Episcopal church in, in our town and just marvel at at the awe and the beauty of the Eucharist service and the priest that was, you know, consecrating and then sharing those gifts. And I, I just felt so drawn to that, to that mystery. Um, And then I remember there was one evening when I had gone to visit a friend and we were getting ready to leave and go out on the town. And um, I was sitting outside and I looked up into the stars and it was a beautiful, clear summer night. And I looked up in the stars and I heard this voice say, you are a priest. And so this is the part that's hard to to say I think most people would not want to admit this, I (laughs) laughed and I said no. And it wasn't until much later when I discovered that actually in the Old Testament scriptures that Sarah laughed. Right? Sarah, (laughs) Mm. Abraham's wife, she laughed. And so I realized I was not the first woman that laughed at God, but I I did. And so I I totally just went about and I went on with my life. Um, As a teenager, I was, you know, was out having a good time and I was recreationally um, using um, so that I could just find some sense of joy Um, some way of just getting out of this boredom and this low grade depression. And I went off to college and pretty much just stopped all that um, destructive lifestyle. But I moved very quickly out of college into that phase that Richard Rohr calls the first half of life. The first half of life is where you are so focused your career and your accomplishments and your successes and your, you know, your work life and just trying to build your, your family. You're trying to build your home, your accomplishments, you're accumulating things. And it's just in America, especially we caught up at, I had got married at age 22 and, um, and so I was building my career and we were really focused on that until, um, uh, well, I, I continue to stay focused on that, but I was really focused on that whole phase of life where you're building your accomplishments. Yeah. And, and I think i had shared with you earlier that at age 29, I was um, widowed very suddenly, my husband um, committed suicide. And that's part of my journey. It's actually the turning point
2: at, and moment. I want to I wanna set it up just a little bit uh, and summarize for our audience. And I know Tyler wants to jump in a little bit and share his comments as well. Baby, do you want to go quickly what you wanted to share?
3: Uh, well, normally, what, normally I'm pretty bored around the house if I didn't have all the sports going on. Because we got like a batting tee and a net. And I can throw into the net. I can use the tee to hit into the net. And sometimes I do that. We also have a treadmill. I run on that.
2: So I think what um, we want to bring in so beautifully is wherever you are, if you are right now feeling challenged, Miracle Makers, Um, And what Reverend Jenna was sharing is when she was challenged in her small town, she went searching and she searched in a beautiful in the church that was near her. And she was searching for herself beautifully in um, drugs and in rock and roll and in playfulness with recreationally trying on drugs. And because of boredom, because of this, and because she was seeking something, seeking excitement, being bored she heard a call and in that moment as a child miracle maker she didn't fully receive the call she laughed at the call because she hadn't fully grounded herself in who she was Um, she went on to go to college she went on to build a career and i i know a little bit about miss um jenna davis so she was successful hugely um, got an MBA and worked so hard at climbing the ladder to f- help her family, to help the businesses that she was part of. And at age 29, after um, to find her husband suddenly dead, her husband committing suicide at his own hands knowing that she was 10 weeks pregnant and that's where we are right Mm. now and baby um anything you want to add before we uh, toss the conversation back to reverend jenna that because you're hearing this for the first time and i'm thinking most of the miracle makers are hearing this for the first time
1: well i think it's it's you know very common this this sense of boredom and restlessness that's why pete there's so much prescription pill abuse alcohol drug abuse I was just reading an article today in the store when I was buying some groceries about all the people who are passing away because of heroin and everyone across the spectrum of society. So obviously this is something that's plaguing I think a lot of people yes and
2: and dear friends if please share this miracle makers if you're watching this on whatever network you're watching this on however you're watching this please share this because we're talking about some really heavy topics suicide we're talking about addiction and we're also talking about really what it means to be human and to be fully alive and jenna in her town we could also refer it back to a little village if you're in a village somewhere and not challenged or bored right now you're bored one of there are many ways in which you can step in and begin to feel alive and what it means to be human and um I, I want to bring it back to you, Reverend, to, for you to share back in the moment when you found you had life growing inside you. You also had to bury your husband. You also had this thriving career all around you. What happens there? That's it. Thank
4: you so much. Um, yes, it is really all about seeking, isn't it? And in that moment when I was experiencing both this incredible, incredible pain and this incredible joy of having this baby um, growing inside of me, I was very, very torn um, between this dichotomy of, of intense joy and intense pain. It was the most intense pain that I ever would have imagined experiencing. Um, It was not something I would ever, ever imagine happening to me. And it was not something I would want any other human being to have to experience. And the truth is we all suffer and we all experience deep pain. And so I got in touch with that deep, deep pain that was not only mine, but was really a common pain in the world. And that's this pain that... um, we're all suffering and some get to the point that they're suffering so deeply that they don't see a way out. And what happened to me in that moment is this huge life shift. I began to see with these unveiled eyes, the gift of life, the preciousness of life, and that life also has all this pain in it. And yet the whole point is to love.
2: The whole point is to love, and it's quite extraordinary when we're falling in in our into our bodies, when we're in and housing our bodies, meaning our spirit is not just in our mind; it's not just locked in thought. There's a different um, connection to the world, and our bodies are these amazing places that we have multiple voices and multiple experiences that we can have. And um, as someone who, you know, for me, it's really, and I I go through depression, I go through, um, and I Feel what other people are feeling in my work in my practice as a medical intuitive if someone comes in and they're depressed and I'm working with them I feel what they feel and then I also struggle very deeply with depression myself throughout um, and it's an incredible thing to witness the thoughts rather than to become the thoughts and that's what it really means to embody to fully understand love means you don't confuse the thoughts that are coming in for who you are you fully embrace the thoughts that you're having and you love yourself and you love the thoughts and you love not trying to change them but you try and bring them to a purpose or you try to bring them to fully be used by your body one of the things that i heard you say reverend jenna is that you got in touch with the pain before you got in touch with the pain, you were out there reaching for ways to feel and connect with yourself. But that reaching and connection was happening through work. When the pregnancy showed up, there was a connection with the baby. But to really, truly connect with yourself, pain came in. And that extreme pain came in because there was this person that you loved that was no longer available. The maximum amount of suffering that you could go through became available. And here you were suffering with life being formed inside you. And so take us with through that process for yourself.
4: Yes. So that process really was the beginning of me totally moving into this spiritual path that I have finally just given myself over to and realized that um, in the midst of all of life, whether there's joy and pain and everything in between, and actually there will be all of that, that the whole point is to love and to be of service to God. And so I began this journey of both healing and also new renewed spiritual seeking which actually I realized connected me all the way back to when I was 17 I was seeking spiritually and I was trying to find different ways to feel good and to encounter the divine that mystery I was seeking that both in church and and you know in you know dance halls But I was looking for something bigger than me. And so here I was, um, you know, 20 years later, um, and I realized that I was seeking once again and I was seeking the divine, seeking that mystery. And so as my son was born, and I began to raise him, I was remarried. And this, I have a wonderful husband who's so supportive in my spiritual path. I then began to go deeper and deeper into the contemplative life, which many people don't realize that Christians have a contemplative life, but we do. There's a whole contemplative tradition in Christianity that comes from the early desert fathers and mothers. And I begin to embrace that life, that contemplative life of meditation. And as I begin to go deeper and deeper into my prayer life, I begin to hear the call again. And the call being, You are a priest. And I, of course, you know, I had my career going. I was, you know, I was still going strong. Um, I had forgotten my body, but I was definitely successful in the way that the world defines success. And this whole spiritual movement was happening parallel. And all of a sudden I heard that I was a priest and my reaction first was, well, not yet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still building all these things and so I decided to go become, go to spiritual direction training and I became a spiritual director on, you know on the side you know uh, outside of my work and I became a spiritual director. And that was beautiful. It was such amazing training for me to go deep into the lives of the saints and how they fully embraced God in their whole being. But at the same time, I knew there was more. And I finally, I finally succumbed and said, yes, yes, God, I'll go to seminary. And that was when um, another major shift happened my son embraced it. My husband said, I don't know what took you so long. The rest of us could see it. Mm-hmm. So here we were <laughs> ready to go off to seminary and I moved. I left my I left my job. I moved and uh, my son moved with me and we went to Austin to go to seminary. And my first week in seminary, um, I immediately discovered that there was a contemplative prayer meditation group meeting. So I joined that right away. And then This was the most amazing part of how the journey happens is I had discovered yoga also when I was 17 um, and was doing yoga on my mat through this woman on PBS. Her name was Lilius. And I had remembered feeling so alive and how amazing that hatha yoga that Lilius was teaching, how it made me feel. So here I am, you know, fast forward years. I'm in seminary and all of a sudden I discovered that they were offering yoga at the seminary this Episcopal (laughs) Seminary of the Southwest so I went to yoga and all of a sudden I dropped back into my body and I knew I was home Mm. it's
2: so great to be home in your body and Tyler has a comment for us
3: so like about the thing earlier how you're feeling pain but you're also growing inside is that like when you're running a lot because it hurts your legs and stuff but later on you grow stronger because of the microscopic cracks that goes in your bones
2: Uh, uh, into your muscles your muscles break up and rebuild and your bones break up and rebuild and so too does our lives our lives have these cracks in it and we grow stronger around that we build our resistance Mm -hmm. anything that old adage anything that doesn't kill us makes us stronger And like with depression, every time I overcome one of my episodes or when I've worked with someone and we've helped raise their vibration or their frequency, it helps me help more people and helps me embody greater levels of joy and greater levels of suffering that I get to bring to surrender. And baby, I know you want to say something else. So go ahead, Tyler.
3: So is it? Like, well, like, when you fail, you learn. So, like, you fall or trip, and then after you fall, you realize that there's a rock there or something, so you don't run in that path anymore. (laughs) 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 It's
2: so true. All failure is learning, and all of that learning is in order for us to use more of our body that's been gifted to us more of our spirit and more of our, the um, so the mind, body, and spirit connection. And that's why I love having you on Reverend Jenna is this yoga show uh, is such a grateful tool for accessing our body and the mind, body, spirit connection. So if you're running down the street and you trip on a rock, next time you will have awareness to be looking out for rocks if you're using the mind, body, and spirit connection. And um, so Reverend Jenna was walking down the street and God gave her the call. And at that point, she didn't notice, so to speak, the rock that was right there. And later on, she was walking down the same street different story you know suffering as a kid with boredom or suffering not having the full use then later on coming back fully alive fully embodying humanness like asking the questions she was really asking at a a surface level at age 17 here she was again asking those same questions and god gave her there because um she was her so to speak husband might have been her rock at that moment having that trip that she was on she's now able to grow into her true purpose and into the truest form of joy and ability to give and i believe and i i can't wait for you to answer this one reverend jenna i believe we each have a a seed within us a, um, a a possibility that only we can bring to the world. Yours, um, hearing this call at 17 to be a reverend, also at that time, stumbling into yoga, which today it's everywhere on the internet. But back mm-hmm. when we were 17, or you were 17, To come by yoga was very difficult to come by a and to hear a call in a church and have a reference point for it was very very difficult but i believe we have a seed or a purpose inside us and when we fulfill that purpose even bigger purposes come along i'd love for you to talk about that
4: Yes, they, I love that. So I think we do all have a purpose. And really that the goal of life, you know, to live and love and be fully alive uh, includes incorporates us finding our specific purpose. And it is interesting when we look back on our lives and we can see how everything is a part of this plan for us as it unfolds so that we can then see what we're called to do. And I knew at age 17 that I loved the mystery of God. And for me, just like, you know, basking in the glory of God is such a gift. And through all the pain and the trials and tribulations now I have transformed that in a way to share and help others. So in ministry, when I took the call to ministry, it was this amazing gift for me to be able to share with the world that they are loved. And I believe if every teenager out there knew how much they were loved, that they might just be able to fight that, that sense of boredom. Um, I want the whole world to know they are loved. And that means tapping them into the flow of spirit and the flow of Christ. And so that's the work. The work of the church is the flow and spirit of Christ. And so when I, Rediscovered when I was in seminary this whole world of embodied embodiment through yoga. I then began to realize that my path was also yoga. And so, after I was ordained, I went um, and became certified in yoga teacher training. Um, so I went through yoga teacher training. I'm a 200-hour certified instructor. I'm also studying now a 300-hour additional block with um, Robert Bustani in Houston. And um, I began to really feel this call to integrate yoga into my Christian spirituality. And as a Priest who is offering the sacraments to people, who is sharing the love of Christ with others. Um, my purpose then began to get more clear that what I really, really feel called to do is to share the embodiment of what Jesus was teaching us to become and to bring that into the church, the whole embodiment of the spirituality And the gift of Christ. Um, Christ's consciousness is the awareness of the presence of God within. And people know that on their yoga mats, and we understand that when we receive the sacraments in the church, that we're we're coming for that. But how beautiful to bring together the body and the Holy Communion so that together we as a community began to raise our consciousness that the essence of Christ is actually present um, within us, within us.
2: It's so beautiful because you and for each person listening of any faith, they have a doorway to access, whether it's through nature, whether it's through um, whatever. And I love that the three main theologies, the monotheistic, really all three embrace Jesus. Mm -hmm. All three embrace Mother Mary. Mother Mm -hmm. Mary being able to see angels, um, all three recognize and I think it's really, really important for anyone in science to really get that there is whether what's written in the scriptures, what's written in the Aramaic and the um, Greek and the Hebrew text also has references in nature in scientific magazines and scientific research um and this is this is for you miracle makers not only is science showing that spirituality that there is a living life force within us you can only access your own living life force when you believe and this is what's written in the holy scriptures not just of the monotheistic faiths but ancient scriptures in india which is the basis of where yoga comes from all of the thing and in greek literature and what was carried by hippocrates all of those records make a reference to there is a doorway to life that is within yourself and that doorway to that life is accessed by faith that faith is in something greater than yourself embodying your you co embodying your spirit we now know through heart math and through all of this research that our heart and our emotions affect all of those around us Um um tyler go ahead sweetheart
3: because i saw this like study that they had like they were studying the heartbeat of people and they'd like show they'd show like a scary like a big spider and then they'd show like a uh like niagara falls or something and they'd and the heartbeat would like before the spider even popped up, the heart would start p- pumping faster. And when the before the thing popped up it was Niagara
2: like, Falls popped yeah. up before Niagara Falls popped up, it would relax. go yeah. ahead and share.
3: So it was like your heart can see into the future or like feel into the future. Your
2: heart, your life force already knows what's gonna happen and the more you embody your heart the more you give your heart over to and i i love all the different references um the hebrew reference joshua um jesus christ consciousness um baby and i'd love for you to chime in because there was at one i'd love for you to talk about this as well because both you and I traveled to India. Both you and I have traveled to Egypt and embraced so much of science and nature and scriptures from many different faiths. And so I'd love for you to chime in here.
1: Oh, you know what I heard as Jenna was sharing her story is that, you know, as she was in school, you were um, you re- rediscovered yoga again, which she said allowed her to drop into her body. And I think that's so key. Because for those who are on a path of, you know, seeking truth, the, the truth is within. And if we can connect deeply to our body, both physically and the energy field within, you're always, then you're deeply immersed in the present moment. And not only can you sense the truth, but you are open to messages from Christ consciousness or from, you know, whatever that truth might be. So dropping into the body and finding tools to do that are very key.
2: So yes. that's yes. so beautiful. Christ consciousness and dropping into the body. Baby, go ahead, Tyler.
3: So you drop into your body to unlock it so you can receive the present?
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: <laughs> you, perfect. <laughs> it is. That's so
2: perfect, baby. You drop into your body. And um, I think that... One of the things I want to share this story because it's so important to me, you're coming to Egypt with us. The way that you and I met, Jenna, is you called me up and said, oh, I'm interested in this trip to Egypt. And uh, and you didn't know at the time that we had been to this most sacred um, church built in the fourth century around uh, uh, baby Jesus Joseph and Mother Mary, being housed and hidden for a number of years or a, a period of time in Egypt, the it's named um, it's such a holy place. The Saints um, Sergius, the Saint Bacchus Coptic Orthodox Church, and I, I shared with you this morning one of the highlights of my life thus far, even as. A reverend of all faiths as was to give Eucharist to give bread there and it was such an extraordinary experience to walk go into this crypt and the time this crypt is below the waterline of the Nile so quite often this crypt can be flooded or you have to have special passes to go in there our group and next year, this year, 2016, 2017 to 2018, you're going to be with us at, on our journey to Egypt, and I'm so excited because I can't wait for us to have experiences of yoga mass and to bring you, you to this Saint Sergius, Saint Bacchus Coptic Orthodox Church, which is such an extraordinary. Um, church, such an extraordinary place, and to bring what you bring in yoga mass to those that are traveling with us in Egypt and to those sacred temples. And so share with us this journey um, of, of going from seminary and learning yoga and stepping into yoga mass and then again we're going to be celebrating you're coming with us jenna and all those that are wanting to come with us to go visit these ancient places where the birth of eastern and western philosophies really truly merged in the sand
4: there so I'm so looking forward to that trip. I'm so excited. My husband and I are so excited to be on going with you and Greg. It's going to be a wonderful experience. So um, I will share a little bit about yoga mass. So yoga mass is a combination of a um, a eucharistic service, the the ritual that the church embraces as Jesus asked us to continue sharing um, a meal together, the Holy Eucharist, the Mass, the Holy Communion service. I integrated that in with yoga and meditation so that we have this experience available to us through this new um, creation called Yoga Mass, where we integrate um yoga asanas and breath work and christian meditation and holy communion receiving from the table of christ all of those are integrated in one experience where we gather together, not in pews, we're not worshiping in pews, we worship on our yoga mats. So everyone brings their heart, mind, body, and soul, and yoga mat um, and their water bottle. And we have candles there. We have an aisle set up with candles and we have an altar. That's what makes it different than most yoga studios is we have an altar that is the table of Christ, And we also have live musicians, we have singers, and we just move into this experience of first opening the body. So we talk about dropping into the body in yoga mass, we drop into the body as we begin, and we start to open up the body in various ways so we're opening up the hips we're opening up the heart space we're opening up shoulders we're opening up all those places in the body that are tight that are holding in emotion um, that are constricted and we're beginning through yoga asana to open the body as we open the body we make ourselves available to receive from the divine presence to receive and then to really tap into the present moment, as Greg said. So we really get present because we are so in our bodies. And then we hear from Holy Scripture, we get a little teaching around that. Uh, myself or my um, partner, um, the other Episcopal priest that does this with me, the Reverend Dr. John Graham, he and I, one of us will share a message around scripture. And then I move us back into asana flow again, but this time in response to the scripture. So that response mm. incorporates our way of really getting the scripture into our bodies that is
2: extraordinary and Tyler I know you had your hand up baby what do you want to share
3: I think I forgot oh yeah it was like because there was this thing where, like, you know, those stories about how, like, the mom lifts up the car to save her children and stuff? Hysterical strength, miraculous
2: strength, yes. I've,
3: like, I heard this thing that, like, because the body only uses 20% of its muscles because it would, like, its muscles would get worn out if it did. And that's, like, so in, if you're in, like, a high state of, not, like, anger, but, like, emotion, then you, like, could be like a super person for you that can, instant you can be so is it opening up that pathway so you can use your muscles so more?
2: it's a and i'd love for you to answer this general um uh, reverend jenna it's so beautiful because we have what in the east we call chakras yes. and in the western medicine we have these nerve ganglia bundles And yes, we're only using a small percentage of that. And we have regions even within our brain called the angel lobes. The more we utilize our, and that's um, a scientist, a Yale scientist coined the term angel lobes. We have all of these regions within our body that we get to experience and make note of. A hysterical strength is what it's called when someone lifts a car, but it's available to us at all times, and we are learning how to harness that strength. And what yoga offers, what, what asanas, or asana means poses, what poses offer is a release of stored memory in a particular region of the body processed through and this is how i'm understanding your process you um, open up the body and then you hear and read scripture then you release the pain or release the stored memory through the filter of scripture is that what's happening reverend Jen- jenna
4: Yes, it is. What, what's happening is we're releasing those things that bind us. So the scripture opens us to a certain type of reflection or questions. Scripture brings to us when we, when we listen to the words of Jesus, you know, a, a, a challenge or something to ponder or a story that has lots of complexity. So when we go into that and we really begin to examine what was Jesus trying to get us to see? We can then begin to see where we need to make releases in the body, where we actually need to like open up connective tissue, release out those stored emotions, those stored memories. So what happens is we become then more of a clear channel to receive. And that's what we're trying to do is get to where we're ready to receive, where we're open and ready, because the second half of the yoga mass experience includes receiving from the table of Christ. So we're opening ourselves so that we can then receive from his table. And that's really the process of coming into a mystical union with christ that is
2: so beautiful Mm. i'd love to show your video and then we'll go to you tyler and let you make a comment we want to show your video right here thank you so So much
4: this this video was done by one of our members at grace grace episcopal church in houston is where yoga mass was birthed so thank you for sharing this video by roman
2: wonderful
4: Imagine sitar music and drumming.
3: No,
0: but she's talking. I don't know. Do you want her to talk over whatever the sound is? She can't hear it because it's not, it's just going out.
2: That's extraordinary. And what what do you experience when you see that, Reverend Jenna?
4: I have just incredible joy because Mm -hmm. there's such a peace that emanates in that service. Um, Tears flow. It's a very ecumenical gathering. So we have people coming from different denominations because everyone is just hungry to receive that deep, deep connection with Christ. And so those that are coming just from all different denominations um, come and just experience this incredible peace. So it gives me such peace and joy to see that Mm -hmm. just and, Oh, I just, I love every moment of it. We are totally in the flow of Holy Spirit when we're in yoga mass. That's so
2: beautiful. And thank you, Tyler. Go ahead, baby. So
3: when you're saying like opening up new, like to let out the emotions, I thought of like, well, I kind of imagined like a balloon that had like different parts to it. And like some of them were filled with water and it couldn't fly that high. But if he opened up the gaps so the water could let out. It could fly higher than it ever did before.
4: Mm, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yes, that is
2: a perfect analogy, baby. That's so so beautiful. This journey that we're on together as a human family—it's really extraordinary. Because, you know, the story, Christ's story, two thousand years old. What's written in the sands? What's written in these temples? extraordinary tools for humanity and so i want to um really make sure that we give some tools to our miracle makers out there that they can use right now and so reverend jenna if someone is struggling with depression or um is struggling with some their loved one has passed on what are some of the tools that you can give us right now
4: when people are struggling, which we all do, the one of the key pl- parts in healing that is to have a community of people around you that will lift you up. I think community is so very important. I also found that in my own practice, of uh, my own spiritual practices, of dealing with emotions, um, and and those negative things that just try to come into your mind and try to take over yoga and meditation and receiving the Holy Communion at church. All three of those are absolutely beautiful ways. Yoga will help open the body. Meditation will help you discover that essence of divinity within you. And receiving from the table of Christ is a renewal. It's like coming back to the table to coming back to the well over and over again, just to receive and know that Christ is within you because you know, that old saying what we are, what we eat. So if we eat from the table of Christ, we then take Christ into us and we can then become the Christ. And so I highly, highly recommend that everyone suffering um, find a community to do yoga and meditation. Christian meditation is out there. There's lots of communities doing that through Contemplative Outreach and World Community for Christian Meditation. Find a community to worship. I also have written a book around yoga and Christian spirituality. Um, It's called Yoga Mass, Embodying Christ's Consciousness, and that book also is something that if you're seeking and you're you're just struggling or you just want to know more about how can I connect yoga into my own Christian path, um, I would highly recommend that you just take my book and, and just savor those words because I believe they are words of hope. I believe they are words that will help us to integrate our own body into our spiritual life. They will help us to fully embody what it means to be a spiritual being in this human body. And being in this human body is such a gift It is such a gift to be alive.
2: It is such a gift to be alive. And we have a community out here in Los Angeles. And I'm hoping that you will come um, do yoga mass. We meet every Monday and our community is Creative Chakra Chakra um spa and we do chakra yoga we do the yogas um, to initiate and activate each of our chakra systems and we have a regular meeting miracle makers meet on Mondays, and during the summer we do movies, and so extraordinary movies, um, What the Bleep is one of those movies that we just recently showed, and we um, showed, what did we show
3: last week? Uh, wasn't, it was uh, Egypt. Egypt, Egypt yeah.
2: the mysteries of Egypt, and we just showed that so beautifully, and we, ha- we do a potluck. Breaking bread together is one of the most ancient traditions. There is a saying in Egypt, and I've heard this in India as well, people, uh, Tyler, you wanna say the saying?
3: Uh, It's, if you break bread with someone, uh, they can't hurt you or they won't be your enemy.
2: They they will not be your enemy. Breaking bread together. When you break bread with another, they are uh, your friend. Go ahead, Tyler.
3: But so it's like, with again, with the balloon, like, because uh, the, you, Mom, you were like, that negative things stick like Teflon, or like Velcro, and the, like, positive ones slip like Teflon. But so it's like with the balloon again, it's the yeah. water balloons, I guess, that are sticking to the one with the air, try to pull it down, but you have to let go of the, the emotion so you can go higher.
2: I love your analogy. In your energy field. In your energy field. A lot of the work we do is about our energy and bringing in the maximum amount of energy and service to source and service to ourselves and service to our community. And so Tyler hears this all the time. And um, miracle makers, the negativity in our lives tends to stick to us like Velcro. And we must physically do something to release it, the, whatever negativity. And sometimes the negativity, our negative um, situations, responses, came before we had language as a child. Mm-hmm. And so it, there is a physical body memory of that negativity. And when you go into asanas, or when, when you go into poses, or when you're in a community breaking bread together, that negativity can be dissolved and given words to or breathed out. And the the positivity, the positivity tends to slip off like Teflon. And we, the more we begin to let the negative velcro it off, or release it, remove it, emote it, the easier it is for us to stay in the higher frequencies where only good is coming to us now, only good is going from us now. And so we've got just a minute left. And so Reverend, um, Reverend Jenna, I'd love for you to just say anything in closing
4: I have so enjoyed this conversation and I I so love this idea of just getting in the body and clearing out all the negativity um, so that we can then truly live into our purpose because I think we're all being called to do that and so many of us are realizing now through yoga practice and through meditation that that clearing is possible that we can live this new way that we perhaps didn't even know was possible And what a gift it is to realize that. So what a gift it is to be alive. And so what I would just like to say in closing is I would love for the church um, to embrace this idea of embodied spirituality and total clearing of the body for an integration of body, mind, soul, and spirit all together so that maximum healing, maximum wholeness can be realized by people and that we can all then become much, much more in tune with spirit and much more able to fulfill the purpose that we came here for. And that purpose actually totally incorporates what Jesus said, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. So that includes loving God, loving the other, and loving yourself so completely. We have to heal ourselves first in order to really effectively and efficiently do that. We have to heal ourselves. It begins with going into the body, going inward, dropping in to the present and learning what needs to be released so that we can be fully, fully alive spiritual beings in these human bodies that god gave us these bodies are our vehicles thank for you for life and service so
2: so thank much you, thank, thank you, you yes. thank you well, adios amigos yes. <laughs> adios bye for now <laughs> yeah. miracle thank makers you, we'll see you Jenna. next week thank, thank you, you. The, past
1: is history, the future mystery this moment is the gift.